Assalamu alaikum. Um, hope you guys. I'm excited. The topic is being an Arab and Muslim in the U.S. Before we start, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Uh, hi, I'm Am Gehad. Um, I'm an American citizen. I was born and raised in the USA, but I have Egyptian backgrounds. Um, so today I'm going to be talking about the difficulties that I faced as a Muslim and an Arab living in the USA for the majority of my life. And I, I hope you guys can uh, gain something from my experience. And, um, and I hope to share my uh, experiences with you and that you guys may, may learn how, how it was like for me living in the USA in such a different environment that views us as terrorists or generally intimidated by us because we're, we're different, we have a different culture. So inshallah, I hope you guys can benefit from the questions and answers that are being displayed for you guys. Yeah, inshallah. Um, so my first question is, I'm jumping right um, to the first question. Uh, what wisdom and pain or pain and pain, I think, um, through a pain, someone gains wisdom. Um, so what wisdom and pain did you go through uh, the past years um, you want others to learn from? All right. So basically, um, I started off my life in the USA. I, I was born there. So I lived most of my childhood or actually all of my childhood in the USA. So I wouldn't really say that I faced anything in the first period of my life because I was still a child and um, I was still young and not really exposed to anything that I understand now as an adult. So um, I can talk about the experiences that I had growing up, such as, for example, the first time I came to the USA as a hijabi girl. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is where everything started. This is where I actually started to see how, um, as a Muslim woman, I'm viewed in the USA because now I wear something that exposes my identity as a Muslim. Mm -hmm. And so now I was actually subjected to what it is that I hear about, what it is that my parents faced, because growing up, I feel like these experiences have increased. So uh, knowing people, I had um, Americans as my neighbors, Americans as my friends, uh, school students and teachers. So I was surrounded by so many people who saw how different I was because I came from a different culture. I have different beliefs. So I feel like the one wise thing that I did growing up was learning to break the barrier. Mm. Not necessarily forcing people to accept who you are or working to have people accept you because I feel like there's a very huge difference between these two things breaking the barrier and having someone doing everything you can to make them accept you because Muslim people are amazing people. So I feel like by breaking the barrier, you're not really changing who you are to impress others, but instead you're just revealing how peaceful you are as a person. Mm. So I feel like I had to be very selective with my behavior around these people and um, I had to come to them with a very certain approach so we can kind of break this barrier. So I have a story to tell that explains what I mean by this. Mm -hmm. um, I had a neighbor and she was an American woman with a child. She was a single mom 
She was actually an American who served in the U.S. military and fought in Iraq. Mm. So it was no surprise that she viewed us as complete terrorists when we moved in. She hated us. She absolutely did n- never greeted us, never said a kind word. She would file no- noise complaints and things like that to force us to move away. Mm. So um, the way we broke the barrier, I was nine years old at the time, by the way. Mm. And um, she was a very alcoholic and disturbed person. She was very hateful, very rude. And um, the story that I have to tell actually revolves around her son, who was 12 years old at the time. Okay. So basically, she would be outside all day and night. She wouldn't um, take care for the child. She would neglect him. And my family and I were the ones who always took the boy in. We would serve this person breakfast, lunch, dinner, give him our toys to play with. We were all kids at the time. So he was always spending time at our home. And my mother was always cooking for him because his own mother neglected him, which is so crazy because his mom saw us as terrorists. Mm. Yet she had absolutely no problem with him spending all day with us. So uh, everything was fine. And she was very hateful, even though we were we were taking really, really good care of him and we were not obliged to. Yeah. Until this one night where she had a Christmas party to go to. And she said she would be away from the beginning of the day Mm -hmm. and she would come back dawn the next day. And she wanted the little boy to spend the night with us. Okay. Um, This was very surprising to my family because we've never really been in this situation where we had to take care of someone and be responsible for someone who wasn't really from our family. Mm. But as much as we were hesitant, we really couldn't leave a 12-year-old boy to be alone. So we agreed. Okay. It was after this day when we invited her to dinner. She never said thank you. But my mother told her that she must have been very tired from the party and she was tired to cook. And she invited this woman over to come have dinner with us. Okay. It was only after that day she started to treat us very well because she saw she came into our home and she saw how peaceful we are as people, how loving we were to her and to her child, even though she was a very, very hateful person. Like, beyond words can explain. And um, she was Islamophobic. So it was only after this day when she saw, like, how peaceful and nice and kind and generous we are. So I'm pretty sure the impression we left is, oh, I misunderstood these people. Oh, Muslims are actually really nice people. So this was an example of what we did to break the barrier. We never did anything. We never made a move to try to impress her. We just reciprocated with kindness. Yeah. And I feel like this is how we broke the barrier. Because from that day on, she was actually very nice to us. And her behavior altogether started to change. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. So this was... It is. So this is the thing that that I mean when I say you break the barrier. So you just expose how you naturally are and muslims are very nice people and their teachings islamic teachings and beliefs teach us to be nice people Mm -hmm. so this is the one piece of advice i would give to someone and the other thing is is to learn your religion because people all together will just 
find the one flaw in your belief to just try to make you not be able to respond to them. People will just initiate conversations with you. You need to be confident. You need to learn your religion. You need to learn how to respond to others. Because you will be subjected to these conversations with foreigners. Yeah, that is right. Yeah. So those are the main two pieces of advice that I can give. And of course, it's to be confident with who you are. Never try to change yourself to impress somebody or to fit into a society because people are always going to be different. You're going to be exposed to so many different cultures and so many different groups of people, people who have the same beliefs and different beliefs. It's just important to be who you are altogether and just never change for that. I never decided to take my hijab off when I went to the USA, even though people would look, people would ask me, people would hate, but it's fine. It's who I am and it's who I, I it's who I choose to identify as. Mm -hmm. And it's uh it's my Islamic belief. And I'm comfortable with with being who I am regardless of what I'm exposed to. So confidence is always key. I think a confidence So the pain Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, I, I don't know uh, how do you define confidence? Um because like there's a new word everyone uses self-awareness you have to be aware. so what i mean by confidence is just accept who you are don't change or alter anything in your beliefs just because you're worried that the person in front of you won't accept because i know for example a bunch of girls who will decide to go to the usa and take their hijab off hmm. yeah i just to avoid um, just to avoid being subjected and just to avoid being confronted and facing people who are different from you, hate on you, or just generally not being able to fit in. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Don't don't get colored by the society. Be who you are. Stand out. It's fine. Be confident. Because the one thing that will allow somebody to terrorize you is that you're not confident. Yeah, that's right. Because the strong person will always prey on the weaker person. So if you want to come off as weak to the person in front of you, you're going to give them an incentive. You're going to allow them to do that to you. Authority too. Authority. Like you, you uh, exactly. allow it to hurt me. Um, exactly. It is. That's right. Yeah. That's a deep topic. Yeah. Really deep. Yeah, I feel like this is actually a really good question because I feel like so many people um, need to hear this answer. Mm. Because I know so many people out there are suffering and um, I know this will be even worse for people who are like not like me, not raised there or born there. Mm. So for, for example, somebody who has lived their entire life in Egypt, I know this person is going to suffer once they decide to go to the USA as a grown-up person. Because this will all be new to them. Yeah, not, I, They're not going to be familiar with the environment. I feel like it's even harder for people who aren't used to living in the West or Europe or the USA. We're generally non-Muslim countries. Yeah, they're going to face something else, something different. Um, I think every country um, has its own difficulty or as something different uh when i came to egypt was way different than any other country i went to so um yes that's I, I had my difficulties too but alhamdulillah um i think um 
I do learn from every country, from every culture, something. That's yeah. great. Um, yeah. Um, my question, my second question is, I actually want to talk about the first question like a bit longer, but um, I just keep it that way. Um, my qu second question is, what does freedom mean to you? Why did I ask? Okay, so freedom. Why did I ask this? Why did I ask this question? Because many people associate associate freedom with America <laughs> a lot. Growing up myself. Oh, that is America, the biggest lie. <laughs> America, America, you know, like your American dream. Or um, I actually have so many people who come up to me and be like, "Oh my God, you live in the USA. You're so free." <laughs> but like they don't know what it's about i can promise you that mm -hmm. <laughs> so um freedom to me and to all people in the world of all cultures and all backgrounds is generally the ability to be who you are as long as you violate no one that's that should be everyone's definition of freedom but unfortunately the problem that we are facing in the world today mm. is that people don't identify freedom as this they don't define freedom as the last part of the sentence which is to not violate others so an example of this is the the free country that everyone is talking about uh i would like to clarify that that's not true at all mm -hmm. every year the usa becomes a very difficult place to live in because Uh, they're starting to force all these ideologies onto people, and especially Muslims. Yeah. Uh, an example of this is my little brother. My little brother goes to public school. Mm. And public school is different from private school in the USA. Because in public school, you have all Americans, basically, and all people who, who aren't necessarily like you at all. It's a public school. Mm -hmm. and what they're doing these days is forcing the lgbtq yes. movement the same thing like school started which is kindergarten started absolutely crazy. kindergarten started this, <laughs> this is absolutely crazy because this is where people believe that oh my god i'm a gay person so i have to force this because i think it's correct mm -hmm. and let's introduce this to mm -hmm. children Because this is where people don't understand the difference between freedom and chaos. And this is the main problem that we face in the world today. As Muslims or as non-Muslims, as Arabs or as Americans. Mm. This is the problem that we face today. Because people out there are overusing the word freedom. And it is so being so abused by the wrong people in the wrong things. And it's no longer about protecting people and their privacy and their peace. No, it's about um, being dominant, being the dominant person in society. Yeah, power. Whether or not, whether or not it violates the person in front of you. Yeah. So I feel like the main root of all the imbalance that we're facing in the world today is the inability to distinguish the very fine line that's between freedom which is being who you are without violating people and then just being a chaotic person, being reckless, disturbing people and their peace. Because it's one thing to be a member of the LGBT community in your own home and another to take it to school 
and introduce it to literal kids who have just stopped wearing their diapers recently. Yeah. Who have know nothing about the world. They don't know anything yet. They're still building their personality, getting to know right from wrong. Mm. This is where we face chaos because you think it's okay to force your beliefs onto a child that is not even yours. And to disturb the peace that this child has at home in their own environment where his own parents are already teaching them what is right from wrong. So I feel like the status that we have achieved in the world today is chaos. It's not freedom at all. That's right. Because people are so are so like delusional and they feel like just because they think something is correct or something is right or morally okay it's okay to force it into society and make it the dominant ideology just because i think it's okay mm. and it's not about protecting people and their peace anymore because for an example in france uh i can be a muslim just barely but i can't wear a hijab mm. so my freedom is always going to be limited because the person in front of me has different beliefs and so my freedom from them will always be limited unless I share the same beliefs. And it also falls into the category of people seeing you as an intimidating person, like a hijabi girl will always be a threat to us because she's so different. Mm. So I feel like freedom is the right to be who you are, practice no matter what category that falls in and what that encompasses such as being the person you are practicing your religious rights practicing any rights as a human being as long as you harm no one i think um Aya, um it's a really good point that you mentioned this i think most of the most of the people are aware uh, that um it is very crucial to, to i think people do understand what freedom is but um they are scared um, they're scared yes they, and they use it incorrectly they know um it has consequences they know it is harder um to go this path um they know it is easier to adapt to society um, yes that's true i um, i saw this like why should i go this way and why should i go it's um I think that's why um, there's a reward um, even in, like, in our religion. If we go the path, like the path, it's not the easiest path. It's um, believing in Allah and sacrificing everything, everything you do daily just for God, for Allah, um, not for some someone else. It is easy as you're not scared from anyone, but when I see myself, uh, where like in the back and pat in the past, people always like, even like the closest people, like you're so strange, Saba. Like, what do you do? <laughs> I'm always like the stranger, you know. <laughs> even the close with the people, like, <laughs> um, but I chose a different path, um, and um, I don't see. I don't have the same ideology as them. Um, I see the materialistic way of the world way different than than some people in my surrounding. Um, 
like it's very beautiful in our religion you can use money for example for Allah for um for serving others not for serving yourself for serving your ego um and um yeah I can talk a little longer about this topic <laughs> as I suffered a lot <laughs> with um <laughs> always a stranger but um I think I have to accept it sometimes um often but um yeah very beautiful Aya. thank you so much thank so you much. thank you so much this was a very amazing privilege for me and um I'm happy to do this podcast with you and I feel like it'll be very helpful for so many people. And it's actually a very interesting topic too. Yes. Um, I thought it was, um, I'm, um, Alhamdulillah that I invited you. Alhamdulillah. I'm grateful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy myself to join and thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity to speak out about something that's very important and crucial to the society we live in today. And I'm sure so many people will benefit from this experience. And I hope some people gained more confidence uh, hearing this podcast. I feel like this is the main goal, inshallah. Inshallah. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking about, should I like invite Aya again, part two, about her insights, about her amazing insight, because you like, I'm amazed, subhanAllah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, um, but inshallah, I will see you um, uh, in person, live. Um, and yeah, I don't have something else to say. So, assalamu alaikum. <laughs> Wa alaikum assalam.